FOMO Lounge is open for another open and open for another day. One more day. Uh, one more day. It's weird one that we fine... have a bar that we're we only open once a week. It's crazy. It's not really good for business, but you know, hey, it is what it is. No, uh, and especially when like half the time we don't let people in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we, we say no. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're turning the light on. We're here uh, to talk about another movie on today's After the Movies. I am Aaron, alongside my co-host, Jimmy the Sword Lombardo. What's going, for duty. What's going on, everybody? I am getting a phone call. <laughs> uh, we're here for another, another movie. We already said that. Um, it's usually why they tune into the podcast is because we watched a movie. How do we pick? How do we pick this thing back up? How do we fix this? Um, You're just there, oh, right there. Roll it's into Jim, it. It's Jimmy Week. It is it's Jimmy, Jimmy Week. Week. And uh, we have another one that we watched uh, that you chose on Netflix. A little it's bit a better film. than the at the movies. I would agree. Um, what? So pray tell. We watched a classic horror story. Mm-hmm. And what drew you? to this uh you gave me a couple options but what what piqued your interest in this well uh just to be honest with you i'm going to be completely transparent whenever i pick a movie for at the movies i try to make it whichever one's trending so that way we can get some traction on the podcast so that's really the only reason no other reason oh when i figured that you would like the horror like i figured that you would like it so you you were correct uh i did did like this film um, I have some weird thoughts on it, but I but I did like it. This was uh, directed by Robert DeFeo. You might have to help me out the pronounce, with the pronunciations here. Robert DeFeo and Paolo Strapoli. Perfect. And uh, written by, I'm not even going to run through the names here. Written by five different screenwriters, which Lucio a lot of the Bassana, Roberto DeFeo, and Apollo Strapoli again. Does not does not always fare well for a movie when you've got five uh, five different writers in the room. I think they should have ten. I think that every movie should have at least ten, <laughs> ten, ten or so writers at yes. a minimum. At a I minimum, I think The Shining would have been a better movie if ten, if nine other people were telling Stanley Kubrick what was good or bad about his script. <laughs> yeah, I think just um, one person telling him that would have been good. Ah, so the lounge is open. Before we get mm-hmm. into the film. Um, you are notably not drinking right now. Um, notably, however, yeah. if you if you were to be ordering a beverage at the Lomo Lounge for this film, what would you uh, what would you pair it with? I've been seeing a lot of Manhattans lately, you know. So I figured I'd just go for the old classic, the old fashioned cousin, the Manhattan. Nice bourbon Manhattan. A classic cocktail for a classic horror story. Mm-hmm. Um, I have. I'm not. I'm not much of a wine drinker. Um, wouldn't really, wouldn't typically buy it for myself, but my brother who does not drink won a raffle at the local cat show. Uh, that's all, that's, <laughs> there's a lot, there's yeah. a lot to unpack there. <laughs> well, loaded, loaded sentence. Uh, so I have some, I have some Chardonnay today, um, in a glass that is just a fancy red, uh, red colored wine glass. Um, and so I'm just, it's free, it's free drink. Uh, and I wanted to have some, it's been a long week. It's been a long, like week and a half of work. And so I was actually looking forward to enjoying a nice, like 5 PM cocktail yeah. or, or beverage. So nothing wrong with that, man. 
So I'm letting loose. Yeah, I'm still... I haven't drank in one month and a week. Congrats. How you feeling? I'm great. <laughs> people, people are going to think you're an alcoholic because you're like, it's been one month and 17 days since a beverage has touched my lips. And I'm like, good job. How are you feeling today? <laughs> great. Um, I definitely want a beer. I definitely want something. That's for sure. Might crack. Now... Yeah, do you think do you think that you will eventually return to and just maybe try to cut down on the drinking in order to uh cuz this wasn't like an I'm an alcoholic decision. This is actually a decision that I've also fallen into where lately I've just not felt like drinking yeah. like heavily. Um and I've been making the decision to drink more. It's mostly water. just when you like realize like how many calories you drink in a weekend when you drink. It was kind of my reason to be like, "No, nah, let's pull it pull it pull it back a little bit cuz you know, even though you're drinking light beer, you can pack, uh, you know, 10 or 12 of those away, and that's 1,200 plus calories, so. Definitely, definitely. Um, all right, well, enough boozy talk. Uh, let's get into today's movie because it's a weird and interesting one. This came to me. I was so, uh, via our last after the movies, um, or maybe it was at the movies when we talked about this, Regardless, I was so excited that you made this an option, and I almost felt bad because, I, as you said, I'm the horror guy, and I was obviously going to probably pick this. Yeah, you know what's crazy is I just is I just picked a movie that you would pick, so I kind of just wasted an opportunity to pick a movie. Well, I wouldn't have picked this, but here's here's the here's the thing. Um, I had a family gathering like the day before we recorded. And out of all of the people in the world, Jess's grandpa recommended this movie to me. Uh, he really enjoyed it. He, they watch a lot of Netflix. Um, he really enjoyed it. It had been on my radar. I saw the trailer and thought it looked interesting. I saw that it was getting mixed reviews, but that usually doesn't put me off. Um, so let's just let's just bust into it. Uh, I can see what why did it you... I can see why it gets some mixed reviews. Yeah, there's there's this is a certain type of movie that I would lump in with a couple of other films I've seen um, that I would say my my vague opinion before we get into it would just be like this is a movie that I think the execution is pretty shoddy, but it's ambitious, and it's fun, and I am overall I enjoyed the film, and I think I am mostly willing to overlook the shoddy execution. Because I had a good time watching it. You watched it with the subtitles on, correct? Correct. Yeah, that's my biggest thing. I think people, like, like the reason why I think there's going to be mixed uh, reviews in this, because if you watch it dubbed, it it's a really bad movie. Like, if you, like, like the it takes away so much from the performance that I can understand if people just watched it dubbed, that why they wouldn't like it. So I did kind of, kind of like a test. I'd switch it, like, back and forth. And I could not even watch uh, the movie with it being dubbed. I mean, subtitles were so much more because you can actually get the emotion of the actor and right. everything like that. And just, I don't know why, but like dub stuff, just watch, watch the movies with subtitles on everybody. I just don't know what else to tell you. I just don't know what else to tell you. If you have the option, watch it with subtitles. I know, I know it sucks and I know you might not want to read because you're watching a movie and I get it, but you get more value out of it and you're actually invested into it. And then sitting there on your phone, just paying attention to the audio, you're actually watching the movie. So if you have an opportunity for a foreign film, watch it with the subtitles 
so you don't lose the actual performance. I completely agree. Uh, it reminds me of another foreign horror film that came to Netflix, The Platform, that you actually turned me on to, mm-hmm. um, uh, where I had read some things about how bad the dubbed version was, and it I was. watched the version with subs. I thought it was a great movie, yeah. genuinely a, a great movie, better than this one. Um, not that this one's bad, but I I really think the platform's a great film. I just don't know if the people that like I don't know if the director and the producer or whoever oversees the dubbing of these films. Like I don't know who actually oversees it. Like I don't know if it's like a studio that got the rights to show the movie, so they're just like putting. Like I don't know who ends up like overseeing the dubbing, but a lot of times when I watch stuff that's dubbed over. It just, it seems like it's half-assed. My guess would be, and this is totally uninformed, but my guess would be, like, the distributor for that country would probably have something to do with who they get to do the dub. So, like, the American distributor probably got some people to do it. Mm-hmm. And even some of the translation in this was strange. There is a part where he says, uh, and we should we should not recap plot, but we should recap what the movie's about. Um there is a part where he is arguing with one of the, the doctor is arguing with one of the women and he says, who do you think you are? The Ninja Turtles. And I was like, what a bizarre, what a bizarre line. Uh, and I don't think that was a translation issue because I don't think that <laughs> the subtitle guy just didn't go like, Oh, there's no English word for this. I'll just plug in Ninja Turtles. Um, it's a weird moment, but uh, a classic horror story is uh, just that, a story that is built on a lot of horror movie tropes, which I enjoyed. Um, subversive, I would say. It definitely kind of leads you into thinking it's one thing and then ends up being something else. Um, it is five unrelated, well, four unrelated, five characters, four of which are unrelated in like a camper uh, traveling cross country which is strange all in itself i don't know if that's just with me being an american and not really understanding that but there is no chance that i would ever be like oh i'm by myself let me get into this rv with five other people and hopefully i make it to where i'm going it was like an uber yeah, for feel- camp it was an uber for like campers it was so weird i was like i don't like yeah this. It, was, it was like an uber for like long trips like mm-hmm. like cross country trips or something which was but it is not the weirdest app in the film. I don't know if you watch past the credits at all. Yeah. Okay, so we'll get into this. It is not the weirdest app featured in the film. Um, cat's going nuts. I don't know what's going on was, over here. Yeah, the ending, uh, the after credit scene, if anybody missed it, was very was very interesting to say the least, I guess. I don't know if I liked it or hated it, but it was definitely interesting. That's, I think, a great description of this movie is it's a lot of bold decisions, which I appreciate. Some of them I love. Some of them I was like, this doesn't work at all. But I almost, again, it's kind of that thing where it's like better than being a boring movie because I don't think it's a boring movie. Yeah, there's a lot um, that I disliked and a, a lot that I liked. Overall, I think I'm like, I'm definitely on, on the fence. I'm like 50-50 on this film, to be honest with you, since Aaron's telling you about I I'm definitely 50-50 on it. I didn't hate it, but I can't sit here and say that I absolutely loved the film because there's a lot that I was just like, like uh, the one scene when they have the uh, the American guy. Oh, well, he's not American, but he's but he speaks en- English he's like, more. He lives yeah, in America. He speaks English, mm-hmm. which was an interesting decision too for an Italian film to have one character that yeah, speaks English, which was cool. Um, when they were in the cabin and the scene where like he he actually gets captured and they put him into like that like saw trap. 
the part that like bothered me is like his like is the doctor it seemed like he was forcing his girlfriend to watch him get like killed and i was like this would never happen like nobody would be like oh my god i'm watching my significant other just get oh they're taking his tongue out oh they're ripping his eyes out wow i'm just so invested in this it was just like yeah. it was just like a scene of them of him like getting tortured and then a scene of both of them looking through uh the crack and i'm just like yeah what is this <laughs> like i didn't i was like so, this is so weird so the basically they this camper ends up outside of it, it they they almost hit a tree but when they all wake up uh they are in like the middle of a field and there's this uh this very architect aesthetically pleasing cabin in the middle of the woods um and they're trying to figure out how they're going to get out of there and increasing spooky cult things happen uh including the retelling of a legend that I, I didn't do any research i don't know if it's true legend or not but a legend about a a starving village uh that that is visited yeah. by three otherworldly beings that they will feed them for in return for a sacrifice and so they're cutting people's ears off and tongues and eyes um and so basically the the twist in this film uh, is that the man that loves horror movies on this trip uh, is making a horror movie. He's making a snuff film. Uh, he's filming all of these people getting tortured and killed, um, and he's trying to make a movie out of it. And so our final girl, uh, Eliza, finds out about this and, uh, you know, enacts revenge in the in the movie's third act. I really um, enjoyed that part. I really enjoyed the way it ended. I thought that was cool. So my favorite thing about this is the way it looks. The it looked good as hell. Like yeah, at first I thought it was shot on film and I don't know if that's the case or not, but it had some kind of gritty quality that like an old horror movie would have. Yeah. Um it might have just been a of, post thing that he did. I don't know how they yeah. exactly they filmed it. I didn't see anything when I was looking up some stuff for this film. Not really much out there as far as production. Even the set pieces, the, the cabin looks gorgeous. Um, and there's this, uh, you know, the subcategory of horror called uh, Gio Films. I believe I'm, I, I don't know, probably not pronouncing that correctly, but it's Italian horror films uh, from like the 70s and 80s that were kind of like the Italian response to slasher films. And they use a lot of color. And this movie uses a lot of, it uses like, uh, there are moments whenever they, the cabin is being used for killing, uh, there are these like red spotlights that shine throughout the cabin and everything is lit red. It reminded me of Mandy a little bit. Um, yeah, and I, I really that. thought that that was, I thought that was like a, a cool choice. It made the film interesting to look at it. It gave some contrast to it. Um, made those scenes tense like you're already tense because somebody's being tortured uh but it, it gives you you know something else some texture i guess it's interesting i wanted to play a little game with you if you're down <clears throat> oh, i'm down so so uh, with you being the horror guy the trivia section on the imdb for this uh tells you what films that this uh so it says uh, this film has many elements from other mainstream horror films and i want to know if I say the film, if you can pick out what scene or what they did to kind of like what they did to kind of honor it allude that. to it. Yep. How, how many, uh, how many movies does it list? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 
So I have three off the bat that I want to know if they're on the list or not, because okay. these are the three that appear okay. to me. Okay, if those three are on there, we'll take them off, because then you already kind of... Okay. Okay, shoot. Uh, first, first one, Evil Dead. Boom, that's the first one on it. Uh, cabin in the Woods. Easy, you know, just easy. <laughs> cabin in the Woods. That's, that's that's the element you need. Yep. Um, two. Actually, there's four that I noticed. Two would be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, not on the list. Okay, and that was that was just them road trip a group of uh, that makes sense. a group of people road tripping in a in like a camper. Um, swing and a miss. Um, the hills have eyes. No, but kind of okay. similar. That one is kind of similar to this other film that's on here. So, uh, so for number three was Midsummer or Mid. I don't know if I said that right. Yeah, definitely the cult. The cult, uh, mm-hmm. like um, yeah, the having, mafia, especially that dinner scene. Yep. Yeah, that dinner scene for sure. Uh, and then the one I think kind of like maybe the hills have eyes vibes, but wrong turn. Yeah. For, so for me, actually, what it was was like uh, in and this I can't remember if this is just in the hills have eyes remake or if this is in the original as well but when they stumble upon the the and maybe this is actually the wrong turn thing too when they stumble upon all of the cars mm-hmm. of the people that have already been taken uh, i think that's a scene from at least the hills have eyes maybe wrong turn as well where they discover like oh we're not the first people the, to be you know abducted here probably the best movie ever is that uh, hills what is it the hills have eyes but it's the army people the hills have <laughs> what remember it was like hills have eyes, hills have eyes too but if it's just the army or whatever like going that, that yeah was, and it's it's terrible it's like the worst movie it's the worst movie such a bad movie okay and uh, then the, uh your favorite one of your favorite friday the 13th i didn't pick up on this one so this is why well, this is kind of why i wanted to play the game the other ones i kind of saw but i didn't really understand this was the only one where i was like i don't really get what they're going for here yeah, I, I didn't pick up on that. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a stretch with the masks, I guess. But like, I don't know. He's not oh, the, the only. Masks. He's not the only. Yeah, seems like a slasher. Just like a just like a reference to a slasher in general. I'd also say the Wicker Man um, during that pagan ritual definitely like having yeah. this wooden cocoon kind of that they're setting on fire and stuff. Um, Wicker Man's a good I movie. Liked, I forgot about that movie. Yeah, I liked that this was gruesome but not particularly uh disgusting like it doesn't feel like a torture porn movie most of the time the camera veers away when something gross is about to happen there is you do see some misery style some ankle breaking i think that has to do with like the italian like it being an italian film i think they shy away more from like the really like gruesome horror porn type things if I'm yeah. not I'm mistaken, I think culturally that's like not really a thing that they want to see. But they did not shy away from when uh, he was getting his ankles broken. When that happened, I was like, Jesus no. Christ! I was like, Oh yeah. man! And, I'm, and it's the, it's the perfect amount of like of of cringe because I cannot do eye eye stuff, and so I was truly just waiting in anticipation during that scene when they are using. Again, it's like you described it as a saw trap, but it's this like old medieval style. Mm. They're cranking the thing and the the uh, spikes are coming down and you get that shot where it's like, you know, that close to his eye. And I was really concerned. Sweating. I was I, I yeah. was really concerned with that because we both historically noted and the other and like in previous pods, me and you both are not eye people like when it comes to like 
eyes, that is not something that uh, it's like. So when I saw that, I was like, please don't, please don't, please don't, please don't. Um, would it be inappropriate for me to say I'm a thigh guy, not an eye guy, baby? The same. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um. No, I, I thought that that was good. And then the level of violence at the end of the film is very, um, yeah. So all, I guess also another Texas Chainsaw thing, her being held uh, in a chair and, and like forced to be have to have dinner with people or whatever. I kind of see her, uh, did you say her hands being nailed to the chair. Yeah, that that was rough. Gross me out. I kind of see more Texas Chainsaw vibes more than I see Friday the 13th. Like, I definitely agree I would, with you on that. Yeah. Because I would agree because I think that the whole idea of this is that it's, at the end of the day, you're led to believe that it's this supernatural thing, but it's really just, like, it's, I mean, they're people. They're not normal people, but they're people. You know, they're just, mm. they're psychopathic people. Um, You, the shot to the, when you find out that the little girl they discovered in the in the cabin they tried to save her because they thought that she was being held against her will and then you find out that she is in on it with the, as, as part of this family that's making these films that was um high i was like this movie was such a ride tonally that I, it was like giving me whiplash yeah. watching it when it cuts to them like him argue like it's her and her brother who's one of the five in the thing and they're arguing about mom said that the movie needs to be like this and it almost at the time I was like, this feels so weird. But now looking back on it, it's kind of charming and funny. Um, and her death is definitely funny. She answers the door and and she's like, oh Eliza, no, yeah, Eliza just blows this little girl away with a shotgun. Who who to be fair, the little girl's a piece of shit, so you don't really feel empathy or anything. But I was kind of worried um, they could have easily went down the route of because like at first she wanted to save her, like she was looking for her and wanted wanted to save her. And then I'm glad they did the scene where like she found out that she was with them. Cause I would have been really upset if they went the route where it's like, oh she finds her and they're escaping together and then she kind of like brings her back and I would have been like that kind of would have been like yeah yeah, I also think that this could have been, this movie is not, okay, so this is kind of what I mean, is like, this movie is, has smart ambitions, but is executed like a dumb guy movie, which I like, which I'm okay with, and I think if it had tried to be more of a smart guy movie, it like would, it would have been worse. Every character um, in this film is dumb, though, every single character is for dumb. For sure, for sure. <laughs> every single the, one. Every single one. Um, the, uh, like they could have gone a route where she, you know, is like, I'm not, I'm better than these people. So I'm not going to exact my revenge. Like that's the moral high ground at the end of the movie. And I'm glad that they didn't do that. No. I'm glad that they that. were just like, give her her time in the sun. People want to see these people get murked and that's what they do. Um, the meta stuff is, I'm not a fan of movies that, that, are too on the nose or that kind of wag their finger at the audience. So like my biggest sticking point with this was the whole, like him explaining that like, this is the content people want to see you. People love seeing people die. And that's why I'm doing this. And then like, she, you know, emerges from the, the uh, place where they're being kept and she goes to the beach and there's all these people that pull out their phones and it's like super on the nose. And it's like, Oh, no one's helping her. They're all just filming her. 
that stuff is stuff that I could do without. I think it's like very extremely on the nose commentary. I think I agree with you. I could have done without it, but they're like, and maybe that's why they're on the nose. That is like how things are though these days. Like, and uh, that's the part that I was like, when I saw that, I was like, man, this is kind of a weird way to wrap this thing up, but that is so accurate in like today's society to just like videotape and put it on social media and stuff. I just think, think it's been done to death like i think a lot oh yeah i I don't think it needed to be done i don't agree with that at all it's just it's so horror movies like i never know what the point is of like criticizing the thing that you're doing like it seems like it seems like you're trying to wag your finger at the audience but you're also giving them a horror movie filled with filled with torture and and blood so like yeah it's a little high horsey um i I think people are so oh you're good go ahead sorry no that's what i'm saying it's like i like idea of this being a dumb movie more than i like the idea of it being a smart one i think that it taking i like the twists and turns i think the idea of it be it had a lot of different elements of different movies i thought it was subversive enough before that stuff it was kind of like a an old school slasher in the sense that people are kind of going well you think they're going to go one by one but then there's like the the ritual knocks off two of them two of them in one uh, go there i just I had a good overall none of this really affected how I felt about the movie, which was like at the end of it for a tight 90 minute movie I was like, this was fun and unexpected didn't all land, but you know what? God bless them for trying because it felt different than, uh, you know, saw and or whatever we liked spiral, but it did. It felt different than, saw 10 or purge 18 or whatever it did kind of feel like it was trying to do its own thing you know yeah but back to my earlier point or what i was trying to say do you think that like people when they write a horror film now or they kind of direct one they feel like they need to make a commentary on society because they want to like not be known like because like here is here is my thing if we were to make a movie like that go ahead and make it dumb and make it dumb and make it fun and i think that's fine i don't think you need to like so like you're so concerned about making a movie like that you have to add more to be be like oh i'm better than this i did something different do you think maybe that's the reason why kind of like we see these extra things or this like breaking the fourth wall type of behavior out of these movies i think it's like multi i think there's a multifaceted answer to that because i think that until recently horror wasn't being taken seriously like um i think think get out was nominated for an academy award but i think that that's the movie that kind of changed things um and like a movie like hereditary tony collette absolutely should have been nominated for like best actress but because it was a horror movie it felt like it it didn't get the attention that you know uh film types maybe didn't take it so seriously yeah i agree and i think that think that horror a lot of times is a reflection of like what is scaring people at the time which is why Jordan Peele's movies are so smart because he is making these movies that have like a social undercurrent of classism or racism. And it's not so on the nose that like, it's not so on the nose that, you know, might you show it to uh, a conservative type and they go like, I can't believe you're showing me this horror movie about racism. It's just an element of the movie that's there. 
Uh, it's still primarily like a horror film, but it has these undercurrents about the people it's happening to and why it's happening. Well, we um, say it a lot too. Like, we're going to do something, show it, don't tell it. I think that was like the difference between what works and what doesn't. Like, if you're telling people, like, right off the, like, if you're explaining your like social commentary throughout the film, then I think, thank God you failed. Whereas, like, when you talk about Get Out, when it's like shown to you, it's like it sits better in like the world. Definitely. I think the, the the part of that movie that works the most for me, that's smartest, uh, this is, you know, kind of a weird thing to talk about on this episode, but it's interesting. Uh, and, and to show all of our cards, I am a leftist. You are uh, more centered slash maybe non-political leaning one way mm -hmm. or the other. Um, and when I say leftist, like, I don't mean liberal. I, I think that, like, liberals do a lot of the same things conservatives do and uh, just on the other end. And I think it's very dumb and patronizing. And so I think what's interesting about get out is people think that the, the villains are in that film, like liberal people in the traditional sense. Like they are people, it's the guy that taps you on the shoulder and says, you know, I would have voted for Obama a third time. Like it's these people that say things, uh, to be the the good guy, the nice guy, but they don't actually, they aren't actually the nice the guy or the good guy. It, yeah, they're actually almost right. worse sometimes. For sure. It, it almost so, makes I, a I circle. That's, that's my biggest thing. It, it almost makes a circle it, sometimes. It does, and I think that that's what's really smart about that movie, and I think that's why people watching it shouldn't be so quick to, you know, I think that's a movie that could open up minds. As, as a film, what I'm getting to, this, this whole spiel, is that people haven't taken horror movies seriously for a long time. And that's a movie that, outside of being a horror film, that is effective and scary and it has a you know very unique premise. Um, I think it's a movie that could open minds because it doesn't target like a specific group of people as being a problem. It targets the problem itself. Yeah. So you could have a wide audience of people watching it and being like, oh, holy shit, this thing's going on. You know, and, and they don't feel like they're to blame or that the other side's to blame. They just know that this movie's pointing it out. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I do think that there is probably a probably some a little bit of a a need to stand out in terms of, of horror these days or to take things a step further. And I don't know if that's necessary because some of my favorite films, some of my favorite horror films or comfort films are movies like Friday the 13th part four where it's just a guy with a hockey mask. Yeah. Slashing campers. I you think know? that's the biggest thing though, man, is I think now it's like, you know, if you're going to make a film, you want to make like a dumb horror horror film. Don't be afraid to do it. Like take uh, your own spin on it. Like tell a story that you want to tell and go all in. You don't need to like add something. Cause you feel like you like uh, you have to, or you have to be like the smart director or the smart writer to be like, oh, I'm just a little bit better than the last. And it's like, if you want to make a film, man, just go out and make it. Just make the damn thing. I agree. And I think uh, it's interesting. I just had this conversation. I'm in the middle of recording an album right now with a group of, with my band. And um, we had this discussion last week because we were talking about the difference between singers and vocalists and how sometimes you get somebody who is not, as good at singing as they think they are and because they try sing like better than they can or because they try to be technically proficient when they haven't been trained it sounds worse whereas if they were to accept the fact that oh i'm not the best singer in the world but here's my range 
here's what I'm good at doing. I'm going to execute this thing in my lane, yep. you know? Uh, it works way better for you. And I think the same thing works for a storyteller or director. I think if you're sitting there racking your brain, trying to come up with a way to make your movie the best or completely different from anything else that anyone's ever done before, uh, you're going to lose the plot because it's impossible. There's nothing that nobody hasn't done before. You you should just tell the story you want to tell. I think the more you sit and think on something like, and I'm not saying that like all creative things, like you shouldn't put thought in it because that's, I think everything comes from a place of like, when you're already at the stage and you're making stuff, like everything comes from a place of like long thought and you've been thinking about it your whole entire life and stuff like that. But, but the more you sit there and whether it's like a, even a painting or a piece of music, a film, whatever it is, the more that you sit there and the more that you mess with it, the more that you try to be, to be the best you're just taking six steps backwards and that's like one of my biggest things with like everything that we do because i'll be the first to admit that i'm like the most like i'm the most critical of myself and everything i do which is to uh, my detriment at times but like trying to work through and be be like no it's okay like it's okay to be like where where you're at you don't have to try to be the uh, the best right now you're on the road and that's what matters you're driving down the road you don't need to be at the finish line because you're just going down the path so well, growth is natural. I think it's the difference between um, putting thought into something and overthinking it because the, it's it's exactly what I did. Uh, this podcast is veering off the path, much like the trailer and the film, but I think this is a good discussion to have. I Going into writing a full script for the longest time, which I, which I still haven't finished. I'm not like ashamed of it. I have a draft on my computer that I'm still working on that I'm I'm happy with the plot. I have it, you know, figured out, but... For the longest time, I said, I'm not going to try to write a full script because uh, I have to, or I think I'm getting this metaphor mixed up. I have to edit this. Uh, What was I thinking? Where was this going? Growth is natural. What you want to do. Not, okay. Back on track. Not the Chardonnay, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> this this three ounces of Chardonnay I'm drinking. Um, chop this up so I don't sound like a total idiot. But um, if I would have sat there and tried to come up with a concept that no one had ever approached before or told a story that no one had ever told, you know, racked my brain for years and years and years i never would have opened up fade in and started writing Mm. so one day i had a story good enough that i wanted to tell and i just started that was the best advice that i could give to anyone is just simply just starting putting something on paper you can figure it out as you go you can go back and make revisions but if you never start never gonna get to the finish line so that that that's probably the biggest thing is like just not overthinking stories that you want to tell don't you're i'm not i'm not trying to shoot down anybody's ambitions because it doesn't mean you can't be a great filmmaker but it's the same thing as in music when they say like you know there's only so many chords can't there's no way that you're going to come up with something that doesn't slightly step on something that someone's come up with before you kind of just have to accept that yeah so i agree man sorry it was a long way to a a very dumb uh, simple point we're good but you know it was good it was much needed i like uh, you know, I like the extra thought on the podcast gives our viewers a little bit of 
kind of that like extra little cherry on top for us. Like why you need to, why, uh, why you should, you could listen to anybody talk about a classic horror story, but you got to get our kind of like off topic bits. So it's a heady conversation for somebody who just opened a bottle of wine for the first time in months. But to wrap things up, if our, uh, if our directing team here, let me get this real quick. Uh, Roberto DeFeo and Paulo Stripoli walked into the bar. Uh, what are we doing? Are we serving them or are we cutting them off? Serving them. And I'm not serving, I'm not saying stay all night. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I recommend this movie. I'm not saying that it's necessarily a good movie, but it's a movie that I liked. And sometimes those are the most fun to watch. This, to me, feels like two other movies that came to mind that were kind of like this. Mm-hmm. I remember having a similar reaction to The Hunt which is now streaming on HBO Max, which is like a bunch of conservatives and liberals hunting each other. Talk about on-the-nose commentary. And then uh, <laughs> and then the Belko experiment, which was just a dumb guys locked in an office building have to kill each other for some unknown reason kind of thing. And it was like, I remember both times watching those movies and just being like, this is so... I think I watched the Belko um, Project. I think I actually remember watching that. I think I did watch that. So dumb, but so fun uh, that I that I don't mind them. I, I ultimately I enjoy them, um, and it's a. This is the opposite of Room Two Thirty Seven. Yep. This is if you're looking for just a Friday night movie with some people that like old school horror movies. It's perfect for you. It's an easy you know? watch. Give a couple. I would agree. Give a couple shout outs here now that we're wrapping up the podcast. Go ahead and follow us. At Lomo Media on Twitter. That's going to be the best place to get a hold of us and to find out everything that we have going on. And I want to give a special shout out to our new collaborator and uh, somebody we've been working with for some time. But uh, they just launched their new, or not new, but they're back in action the What the Film Corps podcast. You can find that on uh, Spotify. So go give them uh, some great guys. You got Dylan and James O over there doing a great job talking about more newer movies. They just talk, talked about Black Widow. Uh, so go give them a follow as well. And shout out to our Patreon member, Jay Irvin. Welcome back to the Patreon. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, appreciate that. And a, and a, uh, and I'm a, sorry. I'm not laughing at Jay Irvin. I'm laughing at the fact that we've had one Patreon subscriber that left for a momentary amount of time and then came back. Good on you, Jay. Thanks for being there, bud. Uh, well, uh, hopefully we'll get some company for you soon. And if you would like to join Jay and give him some company in the lone vast media library that we have only exclusive on our pay- Patreon, there's tiers from three, five, 10, and even 15. If you want to get crazy to be entered into a yearly drawing to be featured in a sketch or a short film, depending on what we have going on that year, if you want to get crazy about it, but if nobody else joins, it looks like Jay's going to win that for next year. So that's exciting. <laughs> Um, all right, so we got to figure out what we're watching next week. And, and I have two, unless, I know that gun, gunpowder milkshake is still on the table. My so computer I'd like to froze, that. so I don't know. However, if... I would also like to extend two more options. Nope, there we go. Are, you, are we good? Do I need to repeat? No, I think we're good. Okay. That's weird. Do two more options for you. One of them is a, a Fear Street special where we talk about the three Fear Street films run a little bit longer than usual. The second is James Gunn's Suicide Squad, now streaming on HBO Max as of last Friday. 
what would you like to watch for next week? Well, I don't have HBO Max. Or do we figure that out? We figure. Wait, I do. It works. You can watch it on mine. Yeah. Um. I want to save the Fear Street trilogy to when it's not ninety degrees outside. I feel like that's going to be like a fall, a fall special that we can do a little bit more on. So I definitely want to do that because the first one I watched was great. I still need to catch up on the other two. Uh, sure. So let's just bite the bullet and let's do uh, the Suicide Squad. Buddy, I already watched it. <laughs> great. <laughs> so, uh, I well, here's what I'll say. I think that you will. I don't. I'm not going to say you're going to like it or you're going to hate it, but I don't know if you saw the first one. We've I talked did. about Justice. We talked about Justice League on this podcast a lot. It's definitely better than Justice League, and it's definitely better than the first Suicide Squad movie. So okay, yeah, because the first Suicide Squad movie, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, everybody. I know that like I like superhero movies, I really do, but man, some of these movies are just dumb as hell. <laughs> They're bad movies. It is They're bad. You know, movies. It is the worst editing on a film I think I've ever seen. I remember being in theaters for it, and I'll be actually lay my cards on the table. I don't like superhero movies. I thought Suicide Squad was dumb, but, like, kind of fun for being, like, a bad movie. But it's the first time I can remember being in a theater and characters were getting from, like, point A to point C. It literally felt like they had cut, like, 10 to 15 minutes of footage and just left it on the... And you're like, wait, what? Like, how did they get here? It is, like, by far the worst editing I think I've seen in a, in a major motion picture. But um, this is... You mean the this first one? A, like the first one? The or first the, one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I agree The first one. This is sitting, and I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to give my opinion. I'm not going to say that I agree with this, but this is sitting at a cozy, like 90% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Wow. Uh, it is definitely a step up. So I think we'll have fun. Catch us there for that next week. Again, that is The Suicide Squad streaming on HBO Max. Um, until then... We're going to have some drinks with our uh, pals and cloaks and wooden masks here. Uh, they're all ordering for net for some reason. I don't know uh, what's going on, but it's weird. Um, and uh, we'll see you back at the lounge next week. Thanks for watching, guys. Get the hell out of the damn bar.